This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Thanks for joining us at the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And listeners, once again, we have one of your fantastic questions, which is, should Christians not watch or read murder mysteries or horror films since we're supposed to fix our minds on what is good? So the Bible is littered with really traumatic stories that, I think, compete with a lot of what we would consider murder mystery, oh, sure. etc. I don't think murder mystery or horror per se are sinful or bad to watch. Um, I, actually, at the end of the day, I think what they do is highlight the realities of of sin in this world. One of the things that I appreciate is that is a redemptive approach on these things. It's actually why people love CSI and whatnot. They highlight the realities of this world, but then show the redemption of justice. And it's actually like nobody would watch those if there was not justice at the end. And mm-hmm. so they tap into the story of redemption, but they're told in these micro stories. And I think that's a really moving reality. And the Bible's filled with these micro stories of trauma and horror and then redemption and justice. I think that's a very normal rhythm. In fact, Christian entertainment probably would do well to lean more into that. There's a, I think the real question here is going to be on the nature of horror because horror has moved from what I would call light horror from M. Night Shyamalan. You remember that? Like it's suspenseful. Yeah, the suspenseful. You know what I mean? It's like deep suspense. And I I haven't seen his later movies, so I can't speak to to him anymore. But it has moved from that to Saw, which is pure, vile, Vile, darkness, sexual, everything, made to test the conscience limits, even if more than that, than to erase our conscience. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say that there is a there is this line in horror that everybody knows the difference between suspense, thriller, and mystery and horror. At least the new horror genre of today. Right. Horror twenty years ago was probably a little bit different. That was more really intense suspense. Mm-hmm. But now suspense horror is, is different than horror. Yeah. Now it's chainsaws and and demons and and a level of dark. And even what they describe in the demonic realm isn't even consistent with anything real in scripture. Sure. It's all very exasperated and and gives unusual power to the evil one. Mm-hmm. And there's not a sense of justice at the end of these movies. So many people died needlessly without any vindication or retribution. It's just it's really gore and violence and sex for the sake of gore and violence and sex. But so, our culture seems to want that. Oh, for sure, because it's a rush. Yeah. It's it's a thrill. It is a temporary experience where you suspend reality and uh, you are moved in these powerful ways that probably haven't been moved before. Mm-hmm. But the problem is by engaging these things, you're actually severing parts of your conscience that were oh, never yes. meant to be severed. That's right. And you're becoming numb to darkness and gruesomeness and vile and violence and, mm-hmm. in ways that our hearts and conscience were never meant to be numb to. It's sort of like watching pornography, right? Um, at the end of the day, sex is itself a fine, good thing by God, created by God for his glory and our enjoyment. But when you watch pornography, you become numb sure. to the actual goodness of the thing. And and a lot of what current horror does, it just numbs us. It's why the horror genre is getting more and more intense. It's like a drug addict. You need it to has to get more and more doses. severe. Yeah, if you're going to make people feel what they felt. Here's like an example of this. If you remember in the 
2000s when Marilyn Manson hit the scene, or maybe mm. it was late late 90s, I forget, but he was shocking. Oh, yeah. I mean, news articles are being written about yeah, him. They couldn't yeah, believe yeah. what this guy does. Now he looks like a clown. Yeah. You know, he's like, ah, oh, Marilyn Manson, oh, you know, I'm a real boy. <laughs> and like nobody cares anymore because our our communal cultural conscience has been numbed. And that's kind of the goal. So now they have to keep amping it up. And and uh, you think of like Ozzy Osbourne back in the day, right? He had to just keep amping up his antics yep. because his audience was right. becoming numb, numb to what he was doing. And it, it led him to some some crazy behavior. And, but I think that's what we're seeing in the horror genre is that our our national conscience is numbed and and they're having to step it up to make us feel that same feeling again. It's shock. It's 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 an integration of sexuality, drug abuse, the demonic realm, mm-hmm. absolute terror, speaking to our worst fears without redemption, which is actually one of the ways the horror genre is now leaving people because that's a new level of emotional discontent. Right. And I, it's all a very dark world. And so I, I caution parents, be very weary about the level of horror you let your kids watch. Well, one of the things that, you know, you and I have talked about before on this podcast is my wife is a, is a public school teacher and what she's been in the Christian school realm as well. But the, the shock of hearing sec, uh, the, the kids from ages uh, sixth grade down now, she's teaching fourth grade, to hear some of the shows, some of the movies, some of the books that they're reading and how that parents are, don't have a problem with them seeing these horrible, yep. horrible horror movies, and yet their little minds are are so uh, susceptible to what they're bringing in through their eyes. It is just it it they're they're mentally not able to distinguish between what they see on on a on a show on a, on a screen and what reality is, and so what they see on that that screen or what they read in that book mm. soon. They cannot distinguish between well, that's that's what's real, and yeah. and then they go home a- at night and the lights are off and they start imagining all the things that they've seen. Yep, which there's, is not a good thing. Yeah, there's a theme in, in Paul's writing. If you just go search the word conscience in mm-hmm. Paul's writing, it actually comes up multiple, multiple, multiple times. And for him, one of the most precious gifts that the saints have is this conscience and is yeah. it's this internal moral radar. Now, depending on where you grew up and what formed your conscience, your conscience always is not always necessarily in line with the word of Correct. God. But what Paul understands is no matter how your conscience was formed, to violate your conscience is not a good thing. It's not. It's actually a really, really, really dangerous thing. And so there's this territory that we got to be careful of, that when we numb our children too young to violence or sexuality mm-hmm. or whatever. When you take away the conscience, the conscience is a it's a barrier that God has created in our psychology and emotions that slows us down from sinning. When the conscience is gone, the conscience is very hard to rebuild. Sure. And you want a conscience, even a broken conscience. You want a strong conscience in a child. Agreed. Because it is a it is an inhibitor. And when you take the inhibitor away, all things go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I am trying very hard in our family to protect my children's conscience and to not submit them to too much too too soon. I want them to have a a tinge of uncomfortableness, you yeah. know, when they see things they shouldn't see. Mm-hmm. I don't, I agree I don't with want that. that to go away from them quite yet. And and again, as you get older, you know, you you do have to be able to drive down the freeway now and see half naked women and not have your whole brain go into a catastrophic shutdown, you know. <laughs> but like, there is a point where you you numb yourself to survive so that you don't get ruined, mm-hmm. but never to the point where your conscience is gone or. Yeah. 
or the inhib- inhibition that God has put naturally inside of us is is wrecked. Agreed. And I think I think we just need to go back to what we've been saying is that for the Christian to really embrace and have a, a regular diet of this kind of genre of of either movies or books is not a good thing. Paul clearly talks about that in Philippians chapter four, to think on things that are uh, of a superior nature, mm. not on these kind of things. Yep. All right. We're, we have another question coming up, which I, I've been sort of not looking for an answer, <laughs> but I also love the question. And sure. The question is simply this, what, what is, is free will? Yeah. And, and let me add to it. Do we have a free will? Oh yeah. That is, I'll give you a little like snippet. Uh-huh. No way. And I can make a biblical defense for it. And I say, mm, slightly. Slightly.